Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the, he, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You, I, I think a lot of us are weary right now. We're weary about what's, what are they going to say next? What are they going to tell us next? What's the next thing that, and, and you're weary. Hi from, <laughs> hi from Florida. I wish I was saying hi from Florida. <laughs> um, you know, the, we're growing tired of it. You know, like I said, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing about it. But unfortunately, it's there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's there. Like, I don't want to hear it. I try my best to not hear it, but it's there. And so therefore, um, it's easy to feel, feel weary and to feel like, like you're, it's like they're trying to like, to, to strip us of our will, just like beat us down until we have nothing left. But let me tell you something. There's a scriptural answer to that. Verse 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength because you know, just think about that simple truth. That that very moment that you hear something, wait a minute, my hope is not in, in the government. My hope's not in, in, in this or that. My hope's in the Lord. And so he's going to renew my strength. And so those moments when that weariness comes on you, that, oh, them again, another press conference, like when will it stop? Wait a minute, my hope is in the Lord. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, that's a great truth to remember. Like, I think these scriptures have never, at least to me, and maybe it's just me, but have never come so alive more than they have in this, this season that we're in. You know, this season that we thought was going to last two weeks, and it hasn't. Um... You know what I, I know what I, I found something out. This is like insider information. When they said two weeks, they meant two years, but they made a mistake. So it was actually two years. Um, but anyways, um, he gives strength to the weary. So so there and when it's, you know it increases the power of the weak. So you might be feeling weak. You know you might be feeling like I said like you're you're you're. you're it, <laughs> You know, just beating you down until you're just like, I got nothing now, you know? And, and you, know what, you know what ends up happening? You don't fight anymore. You know, it's like trying to take the fight out of you. That, that, that you, might even, you might even look at the situation and say, what's the point? Have you ever been saying, have you, have you felt that sometimes? Have you felt that and said, what's the point? We'll just, you know, whatever. I'm, I don't even care anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like you get to that point where, where, where the, the fight is sucked out of you that you don't, you know, you can't even like string together a prayer almost. No, but he, he increases the power of the weak. So there might be a moment, you know, that, that you're feeling weak and weary and down, but you don't stay that way. You know, I've had, those, trust me, I've had those moments, especially in, in the past, you know, the past week, even past month for sure. And the past week with, 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 you know, news about, you know, different things. Um, 
And it's, it, you know, and, and it's like in that moment, you're just kind of like, seriously, really? And then I remember, hang on a second. I know where my hope is and I know where my strength comes from, you know, because it's almost as if we're watching them, uh, um, hoping for good news, but that's not where you're getting your good news. That's not where you're getting, you're getting, your good news comes from the word and reminders that those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, let's go to chapter 41. Keep going. Verse 10. Listen, Isaiah 41, 10. Listen to this. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. <laughs> you know, do not fear for I am with you. Like I said, there might be some of you today that are feeling afraid for, for various reasons, you know, that are feeling unsure now. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm afraid to go. I'm afraid to do this. You listen, be confident that you know what God wants you to do and then do it and don't be afraid. Isaiah 35, four, say, listen to this, say to those with anxious hearts, be strong and do not fear. Your God will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. You know, the, the key things for today, do not fear, hope in the Lord. God will come and rescue, rescue you with vengeance. He will strengthen you. He will help you. Because let me tell you something. I, I honestly don't know how, um, you know, someone without the Lord um, can get through this. I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea. Because I, I, I think to myself, I'm like, man, if I didn't have the word to strengthen me, if I didn't know that God was on my side, I don't know what I would do. I, I really don't. But thank the Lord. <laughs> and that's why, listen, and that's why I don't stop this when I, when I talk and when I, when I tell people, you know, that they need to, to, to know the Lord. They need to, to follow Christ, you know. Because it's needed now more than ever. Now's not the time to shrink back. Now's not the time to say, well, you know, it's, it's a difficult time. We'll just like, whatever, it's Christmas season. No, no. Now more than ever, let people know that there is a God that loves them, that wants to help them, that will save them. He sent a savior for them. You know, that's what we, I mean, what do you think we celebrate in Christmas? The birth of a savior. You know, someone that, that, that came to rescue us, you know, so you let people know, you don't, you don't ever stop letting them know, you know, don't, don't think, well, it's Christmas. They're busy. They're probably not. <laughs> they're probably not. <laughs> they're probably at home. So, you know, let them know. Let's go to, I, I don't know. I'm in, I'm in Isaiah a lot today, but it's a great book. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 14. Our courts oppose the righteous and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets and honesty has been outlawed. Truth is nowhere to be found and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. 
Hmm. Um, that isn't that interesting, right? Correct, Mike. Uh, yes, absolutely. My dad's right, and that's why I'm that's why I'm so thankful for the Lord, um, because even in those moments when I'm yelling at the wall, you know, then I remember. Hang on a second. I don't have to do that. I have the God of the universe backing me. And that's a great truth. Um, whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. Just think about that. Think about that. So if you're against evil, the world is actually against you. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm worked salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. Where have you heard that before? He put on garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. According to what they have done, so he will repay. Wrath to his enemies and retribution to his foes. From the west, men will fear the name of the Lord. From the rising of the sun, they will revere his glory. For he will come like a pent-up flood. The breath of the Lord drives along. The Redeemer will come to Zion. And those to those in Jacob who repent of their sins. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you and my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children or from the mouths of their descendants from this time on and forever, says the Lord. You know, th that chapter, the first verse of that chapter, what does it say? Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you. You know, you might look at the situation and say, we need some rescuing. Well, good news, because we have the rescuer on our side and his arm is not too short and his ear is not deaf to hear us. He knows what we're going through. He sees it. But, he all, but we also have to understand, um, you know, that we can't lose heart in these situations because it's easy to do that. You know, it's, it's easy to, to, to like, you know, why, why do you think, <laughs> did you ever stop to think why constantly in the word do we have to be taught? Don't be afraid. God is our hope. Put your hope in the Lord. Why? Because the, the natural human reaction is to, is to just like, like, like freak out basically and be like, I don't know what to do. And all these terrible things are happening. And, and what's going to happen to us? What's going to happen on Sunday? I don't know. I don't know this. I don't know that. You know, and there's a reason why those instructions come in the word because God knows human nature. He knows the way we are. Our, our first thing is to get, get upset and be like, oh no, what's going to happen? You know, that that's our first, uh, our first thought, right? Oh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going to happen. We're stuck in this situation. It's terrible. It's this, it's that, you know, that, that scripture in, um, in Isaiah, you know, there were some parallels from, from Ephesians. I think someone mentioned it and I'm going to read that scripture because again, you have to remember if we're going to, if we're going to be in this battle that we are going to win, but you have to equip yourself because if you don't, you're going to get carried away, right? I don't, 
We don't worry about tomorrow. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because when the scripture says, you know, today has enough worries for itself, it's like, you know, um, there, there are, <laughs> there are a lot of things day to day, but still you don't worry about it. Um, so you have to be equipped. Um, I'm going to answer that, uh, Sheba, somebody just, sorry, somebody just asked me a question. It's, uh, you know, Sheba, that's cool that you asked me that because I literally, I have that scripture and I have the definition of it, um, right here. So I will get to that. I'm almost there. Look, I'm like, I'm here and I'm going to get to here. So I'm, I'm, I'm just about there. Um, so you have to equip yourself because what ends up happening is, you know, th think about this. Um, you think about all the people that, that heard the word that followed Christ, all the crowds, they didn't even make it to the upper room. And you know, and you know what I mean? It's like the, the, the crowd just like dwindled down because they were dealing with, with, with persecution and they couldn't handle it. And so put, put I'll put it this way. We are, the battle's already won. We're not wondering if we're going to win the battle, but there is a battle. And so you have to equip yourself to make sure that the devil doesn't take you out because he's going to try to, and he's going to use all his tricks and everything that he has in his bag to get you, to take you out. And that's why we equip ourselves. You know, it's not a question of whether we're going to win. We know we're going to win, but I don't want to lose anybody along the way. I don't want to lose anybody, you know, until we get there. You know, I don't want anyone to fall away. I don't want anyone, you know, we, we come to the end of it and it's like, where, where is everybody? I don't see them. Where did they go? What happened to them? You know, and that's why we equip ourselves. Because listen, I'm, and, and I'm one of those, listen, I'm one of those people. I, I do not, um, I do not preach like, you know, oh, life's hard and it's just really tough. You know, I don't preach that way because the word says that, that Jesus said, that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said that I have come to give you life abundantly. You know, God said, I will rescue you. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. You're my, you're, put your hope in me. You know, and so, so to teach, oh, life's, life's always bad all the time. I don't teach that because that's not what I see in the word. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a battle. It doesn't mean that, that, that the devil's trying to come against us and take us down. And that's exactly what's happening. He's trying to destroy the church. And let me tell you something. <laughs> Anyways, he's trying to destroy the church. Um, but what is, what did Jesus say? I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what does that say? It means that they're going to try, but they're not going to be successful. It means that the devil will try to come against the church. He's going to, the gates of hell are going to try to destroy the church, but it's not going to work. But guess what? A lot of people, if they're not careful, are going to be left behind and they're going to be lost. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There are things he's going to try. And boy, does he ever try them a lot here in this country. Quebec's like, Quebec's the testing ground, I'll tell you that. 
where they try out all the crazy stuff and see what happens. You know, so the, the devil's schemes are there. But what does it say? For our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And you know, the interesting thing about this scripture is it comes from a position of victory that, that it's telling you, do these things and you'll be successful. It's not telling you, well, hide under your desk and, uh, you know, cover your eyes and, and well, we'll see what happens. No, there is a solution for these things. Yes, the devil's there. Yes, he has schemes. Yes, he has fiery darts, but we have the full armor of God. You know, I was speaking to a friend earlier and we're talking about how, you know, it feels like we're like in the, in the battle alone, you know, like we're just, we're on our own. And I said, well, um, no, Lisa, I'm serious. You know, when they, they were like warned about like nuclear attack, it's like, they literally say like, get under your desk and like cover your head. Like, I don't know that what that would have done, but anyways, um, that's what they used to do. And I, and I said, you know, yeah, it, it's true. It, it, it seems like everyone else is, is taking the other side, but David only needed the Lord and one rock to kill Goliath. And, and you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the other churches aren't with us. It doesn't matter. Would it be nice? Sure. But it doesn't matter. David, David was the only one, the only one who stood up to, to that giant and it's called him you uncircumcised Philistine, which was, it's a, it's like an insult. It's an insult. All right. He just, <laughs> he just needed the Lord on his side and that was enough. And I've said it many, many times. God plus one is the majority. So don't, don't even think um, um, that, that, oh, we need help from people. I've, I have learned a very valuable lesson. I'm not counting on people for help. I'm not counting on police for help. I'm not counting on the government for help. I'm not counting on lawyers for help. I'm not counting on the law for help because it doesn't help us. And I'm not counting on other Christians for help either. So just don't, just forget it. <laughs> they're, they're not going to help us, you know, and we don't need them. Because all you need is the Lord. That's it. Why? Because it, the, the word tells us how to handle it. They don't add another thing and well, go and ask the other pastors to help you. No. No. Put on the full armor of God. So when that day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Well, we, we have each other. Thank God. Which I'm very grateful for. Um. You know, it, anyways, this church is a blessing, regardless of what anybody says. Um, yeah, that's right, Lisa, exactly. You know, you're, you're hoping for, uh, um, you know, th this, th this is going to help us. We'll just, we'll do this and this is going to help us. And, and they let us down, but God, God does not let us down. You may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted for the readiness of the gospel. 
in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. He's going to try. But good news for you. You're equipped. You don't have to worry. You know, um, it, it, it's, um, have you guys ever seen the movie uh, Back to the Future? Now, I'm not recommending that you watch it. But Back to the Future, those are some classic movies. Like some of my favorite. Not recommending you watch, but there was two in, in two of the movies. So the same thing happened in both movies. In the second movie, um, <laughs> I know Sheba's seen it. Um, that's a great scripture. Hmm. I've prayed that you that your faith may not fail. That's that's a, you know, and that that's that's a great scripture because it's just that reminder that if you're that you're you if you're not careful, your faith can fail. That's why that's why that encouragement comes from the scripture. That, that, you know, when you grow weary and you grow faint, that the Lord will strengthen you. Because it is possible to grow weary and, and, and to feel faint and to feel weak. But that's why you have the Lord on your side. So you don't, you don't let that happen. Right? So anyways, th these movies. In the second movie, um, there's a scene. Actually, wait. Is it the first or the second? Um, I believe the second. No, it was the first. Okay, anyways, so there's a scene where, where one of the characters, um, he gets shot in, in the chest, and he dies. And then, um, the, anyways, well, I'm, I'm explaining this so badly. I apologize to the makers of Back to the Future because I'm, like, butchering the whole thing. Anyways, so we, we, we're going back in time, Back to the Future, back in time, whatever. Then, the other guy's standing there. And he's watching his friend get shot and he was like too late. He was going to try to save him. And then the friend gets up and he had like a bulletproof vest. And so even though uh, um, he was being shot at, he survived because he had this, this, this uh, bulletproof vest. And then in the third movie, the same thing happens again. They, they go back to the Old West, um, which I really wonder if that's how it used to be because it looked cool. But anyways, they go back to the Old West and then there's, there's like a, a shooting match. And the guy, yeah, the Western. Um, and the, the same thing happened again. The guy had a bulletproof vest. And even though he was shot, um, he survived. And that's how I look at that terrible um, uh, um, summary of the movies that I just saw them. Like, um, I guys, I literally just watched the movies like a few weeks ago. Because I, I, was, I wasn't working, I was at home. Um... And so, well, I'm always at home because I work from home, but I mean, I was, uh, I had some time off. Um, and I watched the Back to the Future. So you'd think that I would know them a little better. <laughs> but anyways, that's how I view the, the, the shield of faith. That it's like those flaming arrows are coming at you, but it's like they bounce right off. And you get right up. And you're like, and then, and then you take off the, um, the bulletproof vest and you're like, oh, I'm good. I'm alive. No problem. Next. You know what I mean? That's how I view the shield of faith. That it's like, it doesn't matter what the enemy tries. No, but I love the movies. <laughs> They're like some of my absolute favorite movies. But I just, I, I, I totally butchered the summary. But anyways, I think you get the point. And that's how I view the shield of faith. That, that you know, 
you know you're protected. You don't have to worry. Um, let's keep reading. And pray, uh, sorry, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Maybe the most important, and maybe that's why it's the last one listed. Because without the word of God, you're done. Because you're not going to know what to do. You know, this is where our instruction comes from. And this is what we look to. James, you're correct. Um, yeah, he sent in the letter, right? He wrote it in the letter. And then it looked like he ripped up the letter. And anyways, well, great movies. I'm not recommending you watch, but you know. If you had some spare time. They're, uh, they're good movies. Nothing, nothing bad in them. Because, you know, it's very rare to find a movie these days that doesn't have, like, that doesn't have scenes that you need to fast forward, basically. Um, unless it's a Hallmark movie, of course. Um, <laughs> and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So all of these things, I mean, think about it. Faith, righteousness, uh, the shield of faith, um, the belt of truth, the word of God. Yeah, you can't be sure with the Hallmark movies either, but I just saw a great one the other day. Anyways, um, prayer, you know, those are our weapons. That's why the, the scripture of the armor of God, probably one of the best things that you're going to find in the word, you know, because it, it, it gives you the guidelines of how to equip yourself to handle the things that the devil's going to try to do to you because he's going to try. Be, why do, how do I know that? Because I'm told that. How do I know that there's going to be things coming against us? Because anytime you stand up for the Lord and you stand up for the gospel, there's going to be people coming against you. You know, what, what, is, what, is, what did Jesus say? You're going to be hated on account of me. You're going to be thrown in jail on account of me. And that's happened to some people recently. We know those things are coming. So the, 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 we don't spend our time being upset. Oh, no, no, no. We spend our time saying, all right, okay, now what do we do about it? Okay, this is what the word says. This is what I do. Being worried and being upset and being afraid. It's not going to solve anything. And I know that those are our, our, our human emotions. And that's why we don't run by emotions. Because if we did, then, oh my goodness, we'd be all over the place. You stay focused and, and, and you keep your eyes where they need to be. And that's on, on, on Jesus and on the word of God. Keep, keep our, what, is, what does Hebrews say? Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If that's where you keep your focus, you're not going to be swayed by the things that are happening around you because it, it would be so easy to be tossed to and fro by all these things. Stay focused. And you know what? And not everyone is going to be on your side. Not everyone's going to agree with you. And let me tell you something. I, I have, I have the easy answer for you. If you ever ask yourself the question, what should I be doing? The answer is simple. Obey the Lord. Number one. You know, I want to read a scripture in James, an interesting scripture. 
that I, I actually just came across my, my desk today. James chapter 2, starting at verse 8. <laughs> if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. I'm going to let you take, take that as you will. But um, that particular verse stuck out to me. Love your neighbor as yourself, but if you show favoritism, you sin. Hmm. You know, in the book of Acts, Peter had a vision. Um, and I'm not going to read... Ah, man, I'm already running out of time. I knew I had... You know, it's one of those days when I knew I had too many notes, but whatever. Things just kept coming to my head. You know, Peter had a vision. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you... I'll sum it up, starting at verse 34. So, so this is after his vision. And it says, Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. God does not show favoritism. And what did James say? This was after that. What did James say? If you love your neighbor but you show favoritism, then you're not loving your neighbor. In fact, you're breaking the whole law. What does Romans chapter 15 say? Verse 7. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ welcomed you for the glory of God. And you could take all those verses as you will. But I'll say this. Number one thing that you should be doing. Obeying what God said. Not your version of it, but what he actually said. You know, the, 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 that's okay, Sheba. But you still, you'd still welcome all of them, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't pick and choose. Because, like I said, you're, you're not everyone, not everyone's going to be in agreement with you. But at the end of it all, you have to know that you did what was right according to the word. Not because someone told you to do something. Not because you were influenced by somebody. But beca because you have the conviction of the word. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what God wants me to do. And I think it's quite clear. How we are to handle certain situations. I think it's a pretty easy answer. The whole, the whole of the New Testament <laughs> is all about the bringing together of people. Thanks, Lee. Feelings mutual. Because you're the person that lives the closest to me. Um, bringing people together. 
Jews, Gentiles. What did, what did it, what does the scripture say? There's no Jew or Greek, no male or female, nor slave nor free. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus, do you know what he did? He brought people together because up until then, <laughs> Shiva, oh man, you're the best. Um, there are a lot of deer, it's true. Um, previous to that, it was like, these people were on that side and these people were on that side. And what did Jesus do? He let us know that the gospel is for everyone. Not specific people. Not if you, you know, you're approved of this or you're approved by them. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. And, you know, again, you ask yourself the question. How should I view this situation? I'm not really sure. Um, who do I listen to? You know, I quoted a scripture when I in my broadcast advertisement. And it's from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And you know, the, the, the interpretation of that, of that scripture and speaking of, um, what it means by the government being on his shoulder, the authority, in other words, he has the authority to rule the earth, the responsibility of rule and judgment and justice is upon his shoulders. And so if he said it, that's what you do. I want that to be abundantly clear. He has the authority. Okay? God's authority. Oh, the rest. You have to... Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. That is what it is. The government shall be upon his shoulders. The rule, the judgment, the justice, the authority to rule the earth is on him. That's why he came to set it straight. This is what you do. This is who you listen to. <laughs> I mean, man, those are great words. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. He's our authority. If he said it, that's what you do. And so if the scriptures say you don't show favoritism, and you welcome everyone, there's your answer. If tonight you were thinking to yourself, I don't know, there's your answer. And it's not me that's saying it because it favors me. It's me saying it because that's what the word says. It's so clear. I am baffled that you could take it any other way. Actually, I know why. I know why. Uh, you know what? Whatever. I know why. I'll tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. You know, you remember when we were protesting? We weren't protesting because we were asking the government to make us essential. We were protesting because we were letting them know the church is essential. The church is not some place. It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a, a, an entertainment venue. 
It's not a, a country club. That's not what it is. But it's not hard to spot who thinks that's what it is. If you're at, if you wonder how people view the church, it's not hard to see how they view the church. Because it's 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 one of two things. Either you believe it's a requirement to be in church or you don't. And if you don't, well, then we're going to treat the church like we treat the Bell Center. Actually, that can have no one in it right now. Like we treat the um, theaters, which also can have no one in it right now. The um, performance venues, which also can have no one in it right now. But that's how you're, if you, if you don't believe the church is a requirement in the life of a Christian, then yeah, yeah, it should have all the other, it, we should do, behave like all the other places. Yep, it's for sure. Go, yeah, why not? But I'm not that person. I believe. <laughs> why? Because I, I believe it from the scripture. That the church is a place of refuge where anybody and everybody should have an opportunity to come. Because what you're basically saying to people through your actions and through your, your, your words is you're saying you don't matter. Watch it online. Oh, you need hands laid on you? Too bad. You need someone to pray for you? Tough luck. Your family shut you out so, so you don't have anywhere to go? Oh, well, maybe next time. So, you know, that, that's up to you. You could view it that way. It's just an entertainment venue. It's just a, it's just a place where people gather. But, you know... Um, it's not necessary. So if it's not necessary, then sure. Treat it like a restaurant. Yeah, why not? Treat it like a, a concert. Treat it like that. That's no problem. So if you ever wonder to yourself, do certain people think that church is essential? No, they do not. Because if they did, they would realize that you cannot compare the house of God to the bell center. Because the house of God is a place where the power of God is. And you know what? Listen, let, let me say this. I know. I understand. Okay? I understand that, that, that you know, the, in the Old Testament, the presence of God was in a box. And then, you know, we're supposed to, under, we need to understand that, that now it's not in a box. You don't have to like go to the temple and to find the presence of God. I understand that, of course. You don't need to go to a temple to have the presence of God. He should be in you. The spirit of God should be with you all the time. But, you, but clearly we have lost sight of what the house, house of God actually does. It is a place where people can come and know 
that, that they can experience miracles and know that they can experience life changes and know that they could be prayed for. You know, what, what else does James say? Because in, in chapter two, he says, don't show favoritism. Then what does he say in chapter five? Are any among you sick? Lay hands on them. I know there were, I know there were leper colonies that kept people separate, but they were actually sick. There weren't healthy people there. They didn't send, they didn't look at you and say, you know what? You might have leprosy, so you better go over there to the leper colony just in case. And by the way, and if you're even going to look at it that way, what did Jesus do? When the leper came to him, beseeching him, Lord, are you willing? He said, I am willing. And he touched him and he said, be healed. You want to know what wisdom is? Wisdom is obeying the word of God. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is understanding that as the church, we're not just some building that can close anytime we feel like it because it doesn't matter. It's a, it is not the same as those other places. It's not. I'm sorry, but it's not. So we shouldn't have the same rules as them because we're not the same place. You know, I think of the people on this broadcast and I think of my friend Manny. What would he have done without, without the church? Where would he be? Where would we be if we came, if he came to the door and we said, um, actually you don't pass the test. You can't come in. Where would he be? I know other people that were shunned by their families because they got saved. Where would they be without the church? Where? I could tell you. Not anywhere good. Yeah. How dare we? How dare we reduce the house of God to the same as some entertainment spot? I don't care who's watching, to be perfectly honest, because you know what? Whatever. The truth is the truth. And that's just what it is. So either we, we're obeying the word or we're not obeying the word. You don't get to make up your own version of the word because you don't want to get in trouble. If you don't want to get in trouble, Christianity is not for you. Because all that happens in this word is a whole lot of trouble for people who made the decision to worship God and not to bow to Baal. If you don't want trouble, I'd find another religion then. Anyways. I want to end with a psalm because I, I just, I like to end with psalms. And I want you, listen, I want you to be encouraged today. And I pray that you are. Um, you know, again, I just, I just think to myself, um, where would I, where would I be if I didn't have a body of believers around me? It would not be easy. 
There's something special about the house of God. Something really special. That's okay, Joe. Better late than never. Thanks, Lisa. We're never past that point. We're never past that point. <laughs> That's a good point. That is a great point. It is not. Our church is definitely not boring. We're a ton of fun. And, and you know what? Again, I, I, I understand that people have different opinions. You could have any opinion you like. I really don't care. I only care about one thing. And that's being obedient to the word. And that's it. I don't care about anything else. What, what did Peter say? Would we obey God rather than men? Psalm 46. And then I'll close. God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth and the promises that come from your word. I thank you that no matter what news might come next, we, we stand strong and have our firm foundation on you. That we're not swayed by the wind. We're not, we're not crushed by, by the, the winds or the rain or whatever comes against us. That we can stay sure and secure in you. That you're our mighty fortress. That we can run into you and be safe. Thank you for, for, for the promises in Psalm 91. Now we know that, that no matter what happens to the right or to the left of us, that we won't be touched. That we know that we can find strength in you and safety in you in the shelter of your wings. And Father, I pray for every single person watching, for whatever matter of their heart that they're dealing with, that they would know that no matter what they might hear when they wake up tomorrow, no matter what they might hear throughout the course of the day, that you're still God, that you're still on the throne, and that Jesus is still sitting at the right hand. And we know that we can trust in you, and we know that your promises never fail. They are yes and amen. So, Father, I pray that you continue to strengthen us, our church and our pastors, as we go through a time that we've never experienced before, but, that, but we know that you're not deaf to our prayers and your arm is not too short to save us. I thank you that the victory's already been won in Jesus' name. I thank you that you're with us no matter what. Thank you, Father. I pray these things. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.